Merry Christmas, everyone. If you're new with us this evening, my name's Ann, and I'm one of the pastors here. And I've got a really easy question to ask all of you in just a moment, because tonight we're celebrating the best freebie ever, a gift from God. And I want to say thank you, too, to these ushers who are coming down the aisles. Remember, guests, your best gift to us would be a connection card. We'd love that. That would be a great gift, because we'd love to connect with you and send you a gift uh, for your visit here. Thank you so much. Well, here's the question. How many of you, show of hands, love to get free stuff? Okay, this is really an honesty quiz. Right now, this, this service is scoring lower. No. <laughs> I mean, we all like to get free stuff, right? Well, maybe it's depending on what we're saying is free. But I've seen some of you at Costco making your way to the front of the line at the samples table to get those frozen corn dogs that are being reheated, right? Well, this got me thinking about what's the best freebie that I've ever received that's a thing. And it's got to be the car that Jared bought for me when we weren't even engaged. That's right, this MG Midget, just like this one, was awesome. Don't you agree? Now, some people put everything into the proposal time, but this is how he set me up for the proposal, okay? And I want you to know that after we got engaged, he sold this midget and bought me a Ford Falcon. And if you don't know what that is, you need to go look it up online, and you will truly not be jealous after that. Just a fun freebie. Well, in honor of this greatest freebie ever, which is the grace of God that we're going to talk about, this free gift that God's given us, I want to give away a free adventure. In each service, we've done that. This time, it's two lift tickets, good for Mount Hood Meadows, any day, any time of the day. And if, you, if you're the lucky winner, this is what you'll find. On the left front leg of your chair, there would be a yellow dot, so you need to check the left front leg of your chair, and if you have that dot, raise your hand. Anybody? And if you don't see it on your chair, look for it on the chair next to you. Did we find it? It is a yellow dot, isn't it? <laughs> All right. All right. Our winner right over here. That's so great, Lori, your boy. Can we just give it up for this winner here? Yeah. Woo. <laughs> Jesus' arrival at the manger was the start of the best freebie ever, the gift of grace. Grace, it's that word we use for God's undeserved kindness. I mean, when I hear undeserved kindness, I think, what could get in the way of that? And who would want to get in the way of that? Well, that's what we're going to explore. For 35 years, a nativity scene has been set up in Daly Plaza in the city of Chicago. About 10 years into the tradition, um, they had the baby Jesus stolen from the nativity scene. And it was discovered through an anonymous tip at the bus station two days later. But this caused them to decide to have higher security. So they took a cable, wrapped it around the baby Jesus underneath all those cool swaddling clothes, and bolted it to the manger. Now that lasted for a couple years before baby Jesus was stolen again, this time by a college student. Do we have any college students here tonight? 
Yeah, right back here. Because college students, we know that they are very full of pranks. And, no, and also very innovative. And this guy managed to slip the baby Jesus out through the cable and make off with him. Well, two days later, this college student got caught. Fortunately, he was only charged with a misdemeanor. They had a sense of humor. But they upped their security measures again. And they formed this squad of volunteers. They called themselves the God Squad. Now, one of these volunteers uh, suggested that perhaps they should put an electric shock device under the baby Jesus so that the next thief would meet Jesus firsthand. I see you're quick this evening. That's right. It's really the truth. But the goal, the stated goal of this God squad is to make sure that Jesus never leaves the manger again. And tonight, I just want to propose to you as we sit here and think about this best freebie in the world, that sometimes we're a lot like that in our goal with Jesus. I'm not talking about the plaster or the plastic Jesus that sits in some nativity scene. I'm talking about the living, risen Savior and Lord Jesus. And I wanted to take just a look at this humorous attempt by a race car driver who wants to win more races and his attempt to keep Jesus in the manger. Take a look. And it is okay to laugh on Christmas Eve. Dear Lord Baby Jesus, we also thank you for my wife's father, Chip. We hope that you can use your Baby Jesus powers to heal him and his horrible leg. And it smells terrible, and the dogs are always mm. bothering with it. Mm. Dear tiny infant Jesus. Hey, we... um, you know, sweetie, Jesus did grow up. You don't always have to call him Baby. It's a bit odd and off-putting to pray to a baby. Well, look, I like the Christmas Jesus best, and I'm saying grace. When you say grace, you can say it to grown-up Jesus or teenage Jesus or bearded Jesus or whoever you want. You know what I want? I want you to do this grace good so that God will let us win tomorrow. Your tiny Jesus and your golden fleece diapers with your tiny little fat balled-up fist pawing. He was a man. He had a beard. Ricky, finish the grace. I like to picture Jesus in a tuxedo t-shirt. I like to picture Jesus as a ninja fighting off evil samurai. I like to think of Jesus like with giant eagle's wings yeah. and singing lead vocals for Leonard Skinner with like an angel band. And I'm in the front row. Okay. Dear eight pound, six ounce, newborn infant Jesus. Don't even know a word yet. Just a little infant so cuddly mm. but still omnipotent. Mm. We just thank you for all the races I've won and $21.2 million. Woo! 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 Ow! <laughs> okay, slight exaggeration there. <laughs> a little bit of a caricature, but the truth is sometimes we're like the God Squad and sometimes we're like Will Ferrell. Who, we want to make sure that Jesus never leaves the manger in our relationship with him. We love that sweet eight pound, six ounce baby Jesus with the cool little balled up fists and the golden fleece diapers. He's safe and he's controllable. But I want you to rewind for a minute back to the first Christmas where we're out in the fields and some shepherds get the announcement from the angels and they decide to make their way to Bethlehem and they come to the manger the thing is, they knew that their Savior had been born that day, but they came to the manger and went because they knew that the best was yet to come, that there was more 
than just what happened at the manger, that this Savior was going to do more, and the best was yet to come. So I know that you've read the Jesus story of his birth, the nativity, and maybe you've read it in Matthew's gospel, or perhaps you've read the account in Luke's gospel, but you probably haven't even thought of John's gospel and his account. I really love it because he sums up the birth of Jesus with one sentence. John 1, 14, he said it this way, the word became flesh and made his dwelling among us. That's how he announces the birth of Jesus. The word, God, became human and made his dwelling, pitched his tent, came into our neighborhood, as the message puts it. And then he goes on, we have seen his glory, the glory of the one and only son who came from the father, full of grace and truth. Out of his fullness, we have all received grace in the place of grace that's already been given. For the law was given through Moses, but grace and truth came through Jesus Christ. God's freebie for all of us this Christmas, it may be your first time, but it may be a reminder for you tonight that this Christmas, his free gift is grace for all of us. And I want to just share a few things about that gift that I think you'll want to be reminded of tonight. You see, the birth of Jesus was more than just an announcement from God. It was Jesus' 30-plus years of words and actions that became God's explanation to us of how he thought about us, his attitude toward us, and his actions toward us. Grace. If you will, Jesus is grace with a face. He is the live video feed from God our Father to show us what grace looks like. So it is this initiating goodwill on his part toward those who don't deserve it. That would be us. It's this undeserved kindness that Mason learned about. And author Philip Yancey says it this way, grace like water flows to the lowest point. What lowest point is he talking about? He's talking about the lowest point in our life. That place in your life that you don't want anybody to know about. That place in your life that you think makes you less than other people. That place in your life that you're deeply ashamed of and had tried so hard to overcome and it keeps coming back. That place that you've tried to hide from God hoping that he wasn't noticing. That's exactly where his free gift of grace flows. Grace flows like water to the lowest point, to the darkest point, to the place of greatest shame in our lives. The thing is, John tells us that we see the full definition of who Jesus is only by looking at his fullness. Out of his fullness, we all receive his grace. His fullness, that word there is for the totality of who he is. Not just the baby in the manger, but that 30 plus years of life that we were talking about. And when we look at the totality of who Jesus is, when we look at his whole story, not just his birth, then we start to discover what grace is all about. But I don't know about you, but it's kind of hard sometimes to wrap my head around something that's that good and is free. Because we tend to think that we receive God's kindness when we do the right thing. Some people call that not sinning. You see, we are still thinking that we need to deserve God's kindness. And I have to tell you, boys and girls, that Santa Claus has kind of ruined us for grace. 
Because if we're nice, what does Santa Claus bring us? And if we're naughty, what does Santa Claus bring us? That's right. That's right. And some of us think that God's grace is like Santa Claus is naughty and nice. In other words, when I do the right thing, I'll get his grace. But when I do the wrong thing, when I don't deserve it, I won't get it. And that's the opposite of the truth. Because you see, grace is not karma. Karma is that idea or belief that what I do now is going to be returned to me in like kind in the future or in my next life. But that's not God's grace. And God's grace is not quid pro quo. It's not, I'll do this for you and you'll do this for me. That's transactional. And God's not here to make any deals with us. It's so much better than that. He's offering it to us without any deserving, without any action on our part except to receive it. Because grace is always good even when you and I are not. That's a cool thing. And God's grace is not just free and it's not just good. It's also for everyone, every person. Let's remember what John said. And out of his fullness, we have all received grace. And grace upon or after, grace that's already been given. Grace in exchange for grace. What's he saying there? He's telling us that God's grace is inexhaustible. God doesn't get to the end of his rope. He doesn't run out of patience for you. He doesn't give up on you. And he doesn't decide, that's it, that's the limit. There's no more of that behavior that I'm going to tolerate. God's grace is inexhaustible. Kind of reminds me of a story about parents. Uh, it's called Adam's Reign of Terror. And this happened to me when I was pregnant with my first child. So I didn't have any kids yet. Maybe that's why it's burned in my memory. My older sister, Lynn, this was her third boy. He was three years old. We were sitting in the living room visiting, having a great time when we smelled smoke. And we rushed out to the kitchen where it appeared to be coming from. And sure enough, the kitchen rug was in flames on top of the gas range. He had stuffed it down, pushed it down in under the burners to touch the pilot light. And the whole thing had caught on fire. Well, we got the fire put out. And Adam was appropriately for a three-year-old disciplined. And we went back to conversation. A little while later, we thought, you know, let's get a snack. We all headed out to the kitchen and... Lo and behold, Adam had pulled a gallon of milk out of the refrigerator and dumped it in his dad's work boots. And it was all, it filled the boots and was all over the floor because, I mean, he was only three years old. And we were like, oh, my goodness, what can this kid come up with next? You know, I'm sitting there going, do I really want to let this baby out? But we went ahead, we cleaned up the mess, and somehow my sister thought it was a good idea to put him in their master bath. And in the bathroom there and have him stay there for his time out. Well, after two minutes, she decides to check on him, right? And he had taken a brand new can of Dennis's shaving cream and emptied it around the bathroom. Beautiful. Okay, by this time, I just want to tell you, there was no undeserved kindness coming Adam's way. Grace was gone. The parents were done. They were exasperated at the end of their rope. But this is the story of God's grace, not our grace. Our grace is finite, but God's is infinite. And God, it's a whole different story. He keeps chasing you and me with his goodness, not with a stick. 
He comes after us with his grace. Even when we've disobeyed him for the 100,000th time, even when we're living at odds with him, he will chase us down, running after us, offering us this free gift of grace, saying, I still want you. Come to me. It's an amazing story. And he will reach every person, no matter how we fight it. His grace can reach anyone. So how do I know that, that God's grace can reach anyone? Because I took a look at Jesus' whole story, not just those cool little pictures of him in the manger or that birth story, because Jesus' life and words are an explanation of how God thinks toward us, how God looks at us. And here's what happened with Jesus. People who were nothing like Jesus loved him. And Jesus loved people who were nothing like him. And this is the grace of God. If you read his story, these are the people he hung out with, and he was soundly criticized for doing so. And Jesus was for these people. Jesus was for boys like Mason who have a trouble with anger. Jesus is for people like us, and you list that thing about yourself that you wish was different. Because that's where grace goes. It goes to the lowest point in each one of us. And so The encouragement tonight is don't get stuck at the baby Jesus and miss out on his grace. Because tonight, I want to assure you, we want all of Jesus tonight. We want the Jesus that declared that he didn't come to condemn the world, but instead came to save us. We want the Jesus who touched the untouchable. We want the Jesus who engaged with the social outcasts of his day and had time for conversations. We want the Jesus who gave women a voice in a culture that saw women as primarily a possession. We want the Jesus whose sole mission was to find us and help us find our way back to God. And we want the the Jesus who didn't condemn the woman who was caught in adultery, the Jesus who fed hungry people, who delivered oppressed people, who provided for needy people, and who healed sick people and set captive people free. We want the Jesus who was described in Acts 10, 38 as the one who went about doing good and healing everyone who was oppressed by the devil. You see, tonight we want the same Jesus who chased after my family and me. We want the Jesus who heard this nine-year-old girl's cry for help, even though I didn't know him, in the middle of my very messy family, and he sent a neighbor to invite me to church. And I heard about Jesus within a week. And I said yes to his grace and to his life in me. And my life was changed forever for the good. We want the Jesus who had the nerdiest kid in the youth group reach out and invite my brother to come to church with him. And lo and behold, my brother, who was one of the most popular kids in school, but whose life was a mess behind the scenes, the guy who liked to go shoplifting with his Boy Scout backpack on, And he came to church that night with this nerd from the youth group. And he heard the message of grace. And God's grace flowed to his lowest point. And he said yes. And this was the kid who later kids would say, we're not going to have assemblies. We're going to have prayer meetings if Joe's there. You see, that's the Jesus that we want He just couldn't quit talking about Jesus, grace, and life in his life. 
And it's the same Jesus who welcomed my dad at the age of 63 after a life of addiction and chaos and broken relationships and who welcomed him into his family and into his arms as though he'd never done anything wrong because that's grace, folks. We are forgiven, lock, stock, and barrel. And the truth is, tonight, I encourage you, embrace grace. Embrace that Jesus. Let go of Santa's naughty and nice philosophy and say yes to God's free gift of grace. Let go of karma and embrace grace. Stop trying to deserve God's grace and his goodness in your life and say yes to all of who Jesus is and what he did for you and for me. Because the truth is tonight, everyone, we are loved. We are forgiven. He loves us and welcomes us tonight. Like water, his grace is coming to you at your lowest point tonight. Whatever that might be. Whether it's your first time to respond to him or whether you've been walking with him a long time. Tonight can be your night to let his grace come into that area that you've felt bad about. You know, it's been kind of an eventful season for the Evergreen community. Um, people have been going through a lot of things. And because of that, I know that even if you're a guest with us tonight, I bet your Christmas season has been that way too. It's a mixed bag, isn't it? Life happens to us even through the holidays. You know, some have lost loved ones and some are looking for work and others are trying to find affordable housing in our very affluent culture. And influenza B has wreaked havoc on whole families, some of them requiring hospitalizations and expensive medical bills, and others are just struggling with some tough family relationships. Still others are battling mental illness. And all of us together, we're living in a polarized, contentious culture, one that we have to be careful we don't let ourselves sink into that. Instead, embrace grace tonight. But I see why the Apostle Paul started so many of his letters to the churches that he started with these words, grace and peace to you through God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Grace and peace to you. He knew that we needed God's undeserved kindness, freely given, always good, and for everyone. And tonight, I want to invite you to embrace all of who Jesus is, the alive, loving Savior and Lord. And I want to invite you to consider what's your next step toward that grace. Where do you need that free gift to be more of a reality in your life tonight? We're going to pray in just a minute. But I wanted to invite you to maybe tonight you just have some more questions just from what I shared. And you're not really sure who Jesus is yet, but you're searching and you're seeking and you're curious. And I want to invite you to grab a fresh packet on your way out. You just got a note from Jared and I. It gives you a couple next steps. Also, our contact information. Love to have a conversation with you. But also, just something that might answer some of your questions or give you more that we can have a conversation about. But maybe tonight's the night you want to make a decision to follow Jesus. And that would be the most incredible Christmas you've ever had. I can tell you that for sure. I've lived that reality. And so I want to encourage you tonight, if that's the case, in just a minute I'm going to pray. And I invite you just to whisper to God, Jesus, I'm just figuring out who you are, but I love you. 
I love what I know right now. I can assure you when I was 10 years old, I did not know what I know today about Jesus. But I knew just enough to take that first step, to say yes to grace, to say yes to his forgiveness. He's inviting you to do that. And if that's your step tonight, I invite you. Grab a fresh pack of it. More than that, as I pray, would you just whisper that to Jesus? Jesus, I say yes to you. And for all of us, my challenge to you is, you know, his grace wants to reach into our lives still every day. I've got places in me that still need his grace. I've got places that I still need to expose to him and say, I know you see this, Jesus. Bring your grace into this area. Would you pray that with me as I pray for you? Jesus, right now we just invite you to come by your Holy Spirit and move in our hearts, Lord. Would you show us where we need your grace tonight? Lord, I pray for those here who have an area where they've always felt less than or a place where they've felt ashamed or a habit they've been trying to beat and they felt like when I get that beat, then I'll talk to God. And Lord, tonight you're just saying, come to me just as you are. You are loved. You are forgiven. And Lord, I pray that that would be our experience today. Lord, this Christmas, we would open up to the free gift of your grace in ways that we never had before. And because of that, Lord, we would walk, Lord, with freedom. We would be set free. Our lives would be changed forever for the good. We say yes to grace. In Jesus' name, amen.